Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 25 of Be With Me. It's a seven-minute course of biblical wonder, and I'm going to end up wondering today. Where we left off our story is Jesus had been born in a town outside of Jerusalem in the southern part of Israel, that is in Bethlehem, because his dad, Joseph, was born in Bethlehem, and the Romans said, you got to go there and take a census. So that was Joseph's original hometown, and in a sense, it's Jesus's hometown, except he didn't grow up there. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but Mary and Joseph lived 80 miles away in Nazareth. So Joseph's family wasn't exactly cooperative while they were in Bethlehem. That is, they didn't stay with family, didn't stay with a cousin, didn't stay with his parents, didn't stay with his aunts and uncles. They ended up in the, the... feeding trough area. Um, So they're there for a few days, uh, probably for eight days. Jesus gets circumcised. I'm going to start in Luke chapter 2. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, we're going to come back to this. According to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him uh, to the Lord. Parentheses, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Close parentheses. And to offer a sacrifice to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pit pigeons. So think about where they physically were. So he's born in Bethlehem. They might be there for eight days. They go all the way back to Nazareth. They spend about a month there, and then they hightail it back to Jerusalem so that they can get there on Jesus' 40th day, because that's the day when all this stuff has to happen. And the verse that I wanted to pay attention to today was this verse 22, 2.22. And when the time came for their purification, that the time was day 40, uh, and their purification is kind of the grand we, because at least as far as Leviticus is concerned, it's only Mary. So the purification is not for Joseph. It's not for Jesus. It's for Mary, according to the law of Moses. We're going to read there in a second. They brought him up to Jerusalem. So they go all the way back another 80 miles um, with a one-month-old child so they can present him to the Lord in the temple. All right, but I want to talk about this purification because the Old Testament is just so fun. This is from Leviticus chapter 12. The Lord speaks to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel saying, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, that would be Jesus, then she shall be unclean seven days as at the time of her menstruation, and she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Okay, so we, we did that already. Now here, verse 4, And she shall continue for 33 days, 33 more days, in the blood of her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy, nor come into the sanctuary. So she can't go to church for 33 uh, days after the circumcision, until the days of her purifying are completed. And when her days of purifying are completed, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and they go to the temple, actually. So this was written when there was no temple yet. Now get what she's supposed to bring, a lamb 
a year old for a burnt offering, and a pigeon or a turtle dove. So one bird and one lamb. The turtle dove or the, the bird is for a sin offering, the lamb is for a burnt offering. And it shall uh, and he, the priest, shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement, make it right, pay her penalty for her, and then she shall be clean. All right, so the time is 40 days after Jesus' birth. The, the purpose is to purify the mother so that she can be involved in probably the next thing, which we'll talk about uh, tomorrow. So she brings, she's supposed to bring a lamb, and if she can't afford it, she is, that's verse 8, if she cannot afford a lamb, she shall take two turtle doves or two, two pigeons, that is two, burn, two birds, one for, for a burn offering and the other for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. So here's the interesting thing, is in the New Testament, a lamb isn't even mentioned. So Jesus, the family of Jesus, cannot afford a lamb. It's not even mentioned. So a pigeon or turtle dove is going to have to both be the sin offering as well as the uh, burnt offering. And the atonement is not for Jesus, not for Joseph, it's for Mary. So she can't come into the sanctuary. She can't come before a holy God. None of us really can ever. Think about this. This, this picture, I love the Old Testament because it shows our, in, in, compared to God, it shows our impurity, our detestableness, our uncleanness, our, in, our incapability. I know that's not a word. To stand before a holy God. But here's the good news is he's made a way. He's provided access. And that is, so here's one, one point I was thinking about, is that salvation is not from within you. It's from without of you. It's outside of you. So the sacrifice is a living being. Why? Because God decided that way. It's either a lamb, a dove, or a pigeon. And it points again towards Jesus, to the Lamb of God saving us. So one of the things about the Old Testament, just love the Old Testament, it keeps us out of, why study the Old Testament? It keeps us out of error. So one theological error that some religions make is that Mary was sinless or that you're, or, or that you're sinless, that you're okay. This, this text today says absolutely not. We have a sinfulness and we need help. And then it also points to this substitutionary nature of this sacrifice for sin. So it's kind of wrote and remote here as we're doing the the blood of pigeons and maybe a lamb but it it points towards the ultimate sacrifice the ultimate substitutionary sacrifice which is Jesus it also shows what god thinks of sin it's bad but it also shows what he thinks of you that you're worth it i'm worth it that my life is is valuable to him that that he's value that he values me enough to sacrifice for me by blood and ultimately by Jesus. So ironically, blood makes you impure. That's the whole mess of uh, childbirth. But it's the blood that makes us makes pure. So the things that struck me and me and and I've been wondering. Uh, I was just struck that the Lamb of God can't afford a lamb or his family can't, and then that sacrifice is made for the great ultimate sacrificer, at least his mom. And the holiness of God is just so so great and so pure that we need some way of access to him. Um, our world says, hey, look within yourself, believe in yourself, and that's just ri- ridiculous. 
what the Bible teaches is believe in your sin, believe in your fallenness, but believe in the God that's made a way. So the Old Testament emphasizes these principles. So I'm humbled and awe, and I put my hand over my mouth today. Thanks for listening.